Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ione. Hi, Olivia, and hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ione, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Polyester, online and in print and everywhere else. And I'm Olivia, the co-host, producer and editor of the podcast. We publish weekly episodes of The Sleepover Club one week and Obsessions the next. This week, it's The Sleepover Club, where Olivia and I have all those gorgeous conversations you'd usually have at a sleepover with your girlmates and... This episode, we have a very special guest, which we will introduce you to in a moment. And next week is the Obsessions episode, where we speak to someone we admire about something they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with how they generate their income. So, it's Sleepover Club, and we are joined by Maisie Cousins. Hi, Maisie. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) She's gone red. I feel like I'm doing the work soon. No one can see you, by the way. Well, they, they know you've gone red because I only said it because she is a grass. I am a grass. <laughs> Thanks for that. Just got the shower. It was quite hot, actually. So I'll be lying red. So Maisie is an artist and a photographer. I'm sure if you follow Polyester aside from this podcast, you know Maisie's work. It is glorious. An embarrassing fact, which I'm not sure if Maisie knows about me or not, is that for my A-level photography, I included Maisie's work as research in my sketchbook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really red. <laughs> it was that. It was that series you did for Vice, where it was like the color coordinated tubes. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. I was thinking about it last night. I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, cute. I remember those. Pictures. I love that story. I thought I was so cool. I thought I was such a like TFL hacker, getting everyone on the train. <laughs> Trains were empty. <laughs> their outfit matched the train and then I found like a bus garage as well and got my friends on the buses wow yeah quite funny actually you wouldn't be able to do that now but you probably would now because no one's on the tubes what um what were the pictures oh because they were like um I guess it was kind of a fashion editorial but it was about six girls dressed up in the same color as the um (laughs) the, the seats of the tube (laughs) stunning that is amazing we'll have to share this when we post the podcast oh god they're really embarrassing but uh i think it was like 
getting the light the night train as a teenager and being like wow this is just so cool I remember then <laughs> I don't know if I was I feel like I was with you do you remember that time we went to Camden like just before my birthday must be four or five years ago now and then one of the shops still had those vice pictures plastered on the back of their like, <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> changing room I couldn't remember what a fucking changing room was called that's the last time I've been in a shop a million years oh ago my God, yeah. four or five years ago <laughs> so we're not actually talking about Maisie's photography today well we are kind of but so basically me and you started to well we talk anyway but we started talking a bit more about this at the beginning of this year and like you did a few tweets about kind of like the pressure of motherhood alongside being a creative person or keeping up not the pretense of being creative because obviously you are creative but managing a creative like lifestyle or being an artist alongside the pressures of like actual life and obviously motherhood is such like a change in your life that you've gone through in the last year but also like you've gone through and we've all gone through fucking loads of changes in the last year with the pandemic and like not being able to work so I thought it would be great to have you on to kind of just talk about like the misconceptions of all of this especially like um through Instagram and like feeling like you have to be put together but then things and just like the weight that we put on people to be everything like creatives and mothers and like perfect and that's something that in feminist communities quote unquote we spent like our early 20s being like no like we're gonna do things differently we're gonna you know be kinder to ourselves and restructure how we do these things but then is that really the case when we're actually coming towards these life hurdles Mm, yeah totally and it's it's such an extreme change from I mean it happened in like what two years it doesn't take very long to get pregnant but and then you've got nine months of being pregnant and then you're suddenly a mum and then you're suddenly a mum in a pandemic and you're thinking fuck my old life is so different and um but I'm still that person I'm still inspired and making work about those sort of things but like old life seems so kind of like frivolous and so um I mean I just can't believe how much time I used to waste that's that's what blows my mind (laughs) I just like I'm like what did I used to just do all day I used to just what stay in bed and freak myself off like what was I doing um and now I just like the time but that's another thing you just you have like so many layers of guilt as a mum anyway you just have like natural guilt oh I'm not doing enough for my baby or like oh I'm not giving enough time to my partner so many cliches that you hear I used to hear before having a baby and I'd be like oh get you know fucking wet blanket get a grip (laughs) but now now it's so true and and there's another layer of guilt as an artist because being an artist I feel embarrassed sometimes to even say it because, um, I mean, I'm not from a family of creatives or artists, so it's kind of like they work real jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. And I get to just piss money up the wall sometimes because the job <laughs> is like really good, you know? And it's just kind of mad. So there's layers of guilt in that kind of way. And then also there's kind of, the way I work is so, like, um, integral to the home and just being in home. So trying to, like, make a mess of my own and experiment and try new things and just do the things that keep me mentally sane are really unpleasant for the people I live with, you know? So <laughs> it's, 
it's a real tough one and I've not had any space to make anything because we live in a tiny flat in London and my baby's in a cot in the room where I used to make work so it's there's so many layers of frustrations and then you get the pandemic so it's kind of mad but it does give you I do find it's given me kind of like because I can't quickly frivolously make work it's quite nice sitting with ideas now you know and I'm never bored so that's quite helpful because I think I used to do bad things when I got bored that's <laughs> <laughs> quite good do you think that your boredom has been like replaced with stress though or do you think that you're you just have more <laughs> full time now um boredom is like a different type of boredom it's like absolutely fucking shattered I'm bored of the relentlessness like it is so relentless and what you can't even go out now like it's so hard to entertain a baby she's like pretty much a toddler now it's so hard to entertain her all day in the flat and you can't go out because you can't you can go out but you can't go out for very long because there's nowhere to change their nappies you know I was I was saying the other day to my friend I was like I feel like all my previous joking about poo has become like a self-fulfilling prophecy because my life is just poo 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 (laughs) that's what I was gonna say to you like as someone whose work centers around like yeah making a mess or like exploring like different levels of grossness has having a kid like kind of changed your perception of mess and like have you gotten sick of it (laughs) because you must just be surrounded by it all the time Kind of, but then I'm kind of like using it kind of like as an excuse in a way. My partner's really tidy, so (laughs) it's not like the most harmony for him. But um, it's more in-your-face poo. Like before I would just find poo really, really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like it still makes me laugh. You could just say poo and it makes me laugh, but like. I even clean like three nappies a day and sometimes they're so sticky and then it just that stuff is just rank <laughs> <laughs> and it just adds it just adds like I know you know like changing your nappy is like 15 minutes oh, and then and you're feeding your baby and you're like oh I'm gonna have to clean this up later <laughs> <laughs> it's like the relentless monotony so I'm not really sick of the mess I used to make because that's still really fun and it's pointless mess as well so that's what's fun about the work I make is just kind of um there's no point for making this mess Mm -hmm. it's well there is to make work but you know I don't need to really be making this mess but my baby makes me clean up a lot of mess yeah and you're probably just like I don't know but I've, I've only recently started being around babies but you really just notice their processes whereas like when it's your own you kind of are always just not like you don't think well when I eat I'm gonna have to go to the toilet you just eat and you go to the toilet it's almost like they're two completely separate entities no that's so interesting you say that though because obviously that's like <laughs> oh my god it's so interesting ever. but as in because that is what I think about as someone with Crohn's like I constantly okay. having to be Ooh. thinking about like oh if I'm doing this now, am I? Is it going to make me really tired later, or am I going to end up having to sit on the toilet for an hour later? Or like, if I move this much, is it going to make my stomach cramp? So like, all of those things are things that I'm weirdly hyper aware of. I think about you and your Crohn's quite a bit with um, just day to day exhaustion because I was thinking kind of, 
like, well, thank, like, the birth was pretty, um, hardcore, because she's really big. I probably just ate too much bread when I was pregnant. My mum did say, like, just hold back a little bit. And I was like, no, I don't need to talk about. She's like, yeah, maybe you just want to keep, like, the birth weight a little bit lower, because your part, you know, my boyfriend's really big. He's just very, very, he's a giant. And I just didn't even think about it. I didn't even ask his mum how much tea weigh when he was born. It was ten pounds. And I'm like, what, nine months pregnant, massive, and I'm just like, oh my god, I actually have to push this out. I didn't <laughs> <think about that." laughs> so the like the actual process of giving birth was hard. And then the recovery was hard, and then you've got this baby to look after. Um and I'm just I felt run over. I honestly felt run over and I was thinking if I if I had any other like um illness or anything on top of this, I'd be fucked. Like, my God, it would be so hard because it's so hard anyway. You just feel completely drained. I'd honestly, I think everyone sh- who gives birth should just be able to like go to a spa straight away. <laughs> <laughs> just wield her. Like, put me on some drips massage my feet just like realign my hips for me and just do nice things for me and then I can go home and look after the baby you know it's so insane because you're I was in labor for ages and I was pushing for a really long time because she's so big and then I don't think I'd slept for like two or three days fuck it you just don't no one talks about that do they and then also that you just now don't sleep probably anywhere near what you used to how do you think that we like perceive motherhood like in the context of creativity kind of just thinking about the fact that like you and me kind of went through like the same processes of our early career like constantly being like girl photographer or like girl artist and like being like lauded around press in this way or whatever but like looking back in the context of this conversation and like you being like a new mum or like my illness or like us all being working class whatever it's like so many things were missed from that conversation that are actually like vital to feminism that have kind of like not set us up for life yeah totally um I'd never really thought it's just not something that I ever thought was going to be a um problem I just thought like I have always made art because if I don't make art uh, I may as well just top myself I know that sounds awful and really dramatic but that's that's how it is for me I have to make work. That's just how I exist. That's just how I function. Obviously, I would do another job as well if I had to. It's not like I'm just super stubborn, like, no, I'm only going to be an artist. Fuck off. It's, I, you know, I was used to waitress for so much. But my point is I never really thought about it until it happened. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it would be easy peasy. I'd just steal a minute here, do a little bit here. But it's the it's the, the thinking is actually what, um, I struggle with now because your brain is just so full of okay well I need to do this next and I need to prep the food next and I need to you know it's all it, there's no brain holiday if that makes sense wow yeah there's no thoughts there's no like I can't have creative thoughts as much as I used to so it's I can steal a couple of minutes but I will just be staring at the wall <laughs> because like there's no there's no kind of build-up of thoughts it's mm. not that's what I didn't realise how much I would miss out on. Because my partner's amazing. He goes, you know, you need a couple of hours, I'll go out with her. But a couple of hours is enough to sort of like get your things out, look at them, maybe start something. 
it's not kind of enough to um it's just the the mental the mental burden of like things you have to do and I'm thinking about things all the time I'm thinking kind of like oh maybe I need to get her a new pram because if we go da, 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 maybe we need to do this oh I'm gonna need to order her some some socks oh, oh and then, like all the time they're yeah. like boring thoughts so I never thought about that well, so you just have to approach your practice so differently. It makes sense that you would be like, well, in the past, I would get five hours in the room where I do my practice and it's five hours. But really, you're like, but I've missed out on hours of thinking yeah. in the lead up to that being sat in that room. It's kind of almost like there's no time to daydream now, you know. But also my the way I work is I've tried to work in a separate studio. I've tried to have a studio that I go to and I treat it like a job. But it's for me that's not um for me very like limiting. I feel it doesn't really inspire me basically do, working like that. So it's like the home I need to see my mess, I need to see my chaos, I need to live in it. But that doesn't go very hand in hand with having a small child that could die if they pick up something that you're working with. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the hardest bit. But now she's getting a bit older, it, I mean, it's only going to get easier. Do you think that this is like, because it's kind of reminding me, Olivia, of like the conversation we've had, we had with Anna Bella before Christmas about like feeling that you, like basically how young artists now, kind of what she was saying is that we don't take enough time to develop things. We don't allow ourselves mm. like this time to really develop our practice because we're so pressured, like whether it's by social media or whatever, and we're very quick to be like, this is me, I'm like the ready-made product now, this is what I want to do. Mm. And we're not like kind to ourselves, whether it is with, yeah, like finding that headspace or like just not putting shit out basically for the sake of it. Like, do you think it's changed your attitude to that kind of stuff, Maisie? Yeah, um, I mean, it's actually, I find, um, I mean, I, I can't even go on Instagram anymore. I just find it just so tedious. I just find it so tedious, I can't, I just can't imagine spending my time looking at myself as much as people look at themselves. And I used to be all for a little bit of vanity, like, that's great. But now I just can't get my head around you, why anyone would even want to do that. Why do you want to spend even more time acknowledging your existence? Like, don't you want to escape <laughs> from it? <laughs> you want to, like, do something completely, nothing to do with your body, nothing to do with how you look. I just, I go on there and I'm thinking, everyone is, Everyone's mad. This is <laughs> it's, it's strange. Like existing and having a flesh prison is exhausting enough. Why do you want to keep documenting it? Why do you want to keep looking at yourself? I don't know. That that stuff spins me out. If I'm honest, yeah. I used to probably just see it as like a little bit of fun, self-expression, but now it really spins me out because also there's that virtue signaling all the time mm-hmm. on top. Of it. So. It's really strange. You go on it and it's it just feels like a Black Mirror episode. Everyone's sort of screaming into the void how righteous and how moral moral they are. And like, look at my moral compass. Look at these things that you haven't even thought about. By the way, here's a close-up of my face. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it just really spins me out. And it's so detached from society. You know, it's so detached from the way the world really works and the way people really interact with each other. And I think having a baby has made me realise 
because your link to the rest of society is just so much more there you know like I mean if, if she went to nursery even more so but she doesn't there's little things you talk to other mothers you make friends with people who aren't in your creative bubble and all that sort of thing I'm really enjoying I love all that because that's just what it is to be a woman isn't it it, you're so linked in with the way society works and functions and mothers are incredible and manage to get so many things done so I can't even go on something like Instagram anymore because it just completely it just kind of baffles me and then it's that horrible thing it's like don't bite the hand that feeds because that's where I get my work from essentially well I always kind of like think of you as a really good example of of like an artist that came up through the internet like through tumblr or whatever but it's kind of like managed to evade the trappings of that somehow or like the little holes that artists that come up through the internet can often fall into which is this yeah like self I don't even know the word like it's like you're burrowing a hole into the ground basically like you're not going outwards anymore you are just like constantly like digging a hole for yourself and it's hard to then escape that bubble I suppose which I think well I think the trapping of that is just art and social media combining and kind of not using it in a clever way to I mean people used it as just like a kind of a self um satisfying kind of another string to their bow you know kind of this is me I'm hot and also I do some work that's too easy. You can do that. You can do that and you don't have to be an artist. You can do anything and make yourself look interesting online. You know, you could take a picture where you look hot and you could be like, oh, I'm also like a parkour instructor. Like, look how interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Great example. <laughs> um, but it's just too easy to make yourself look good online. It's just mm-hmm. too easy. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how do you think we can basically nurture an environment or a world or like, because we do have to work with, I mean, the art industry is shit, we know this. The creative industries are largely shit, we know this. (laughs) Social media is often shit, we more so (laughs) than the previous two things, we know this. And things are even harder now because of the pandemic. Like, my point is, what can we kind of do or like what do you think should happen to make a more comfortable world for like women that do want to be mothers or are young mothers and also are artists because like you know there's so many things in place that are still probably not enough for if you have a traditional job like maternity leave or like this 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 and that whereas like if you're a freelancer or a creative then there's no rule book or even laid out support in that way yeah um I think to be honest it's just community kind of in an ideal world if I had if I had this dream of winning the lottery and then turning uh, I guess a kind of a warehouse block into some kind of mother's community what you don't get you don't get um you know how you get kind of those creative offices and they have a fucking ping pong room or some shit yeah Imagine there were like creative offices which had a creche. Yeah. Yeah. Studios that had a had a nursery in or just something like that. There's it's like children are oh well you chose to have a baby, you know? You chose. So um you deal with that at home, yeah? There's that kind of thing. It's like but so many artists have children. So I don't know why we're like 
denying ourselves of an easier life. It's like this weird shame. It's like, oh God, yes. I think it comes from feeling slightly guilty that you want to have it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely have always wanted to have it all. I've always wanted to have a baby. That's just, just I just have an extra basic. And, um, and I've always wanted to continue making my art. So I think there is a guilt in that, definitely, where it's kind of like, oh, I'll just shut up about it because you know, I chose to do this. So I'm just going to shut up. And any of the difficulties I've come across, it's my own problem. It's kind of like a self, yeah. you know, you, you kind of beat yourself up a little bit. Well, it also makes total sense because there's like an expectation there that you shouldn't expect to have it all yeah. and that you should make a choice of one or the other. And at every possible decision, it should be that you choose someone else over yourself. Like the guilt thing just makes total sense. Even like it's not that comparable. I only probably going to like pure roller eyes, (laughs) but as soon as it's December, you feel like so guilty to like how you should spread yourself so thin to like accommodate all family and all friends. Yeah. 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 Um, And things like that. And then I even just like, I found that hard. And then even just like being a mom and then, constantly feeling like you should compromise and you should yeah it's kind of also your first um it's like your first integral um reaction to things is to sort of put your your things behind which conflicts with being an artist because being an artist is very self-absorbed essentially um yeah and rightly so yeah you know you've got to do a lot of introspection and thinking to come up with these stupid ideas so it makes sense so there's like just multiple layers of, of guilt and being an artist in itself, I find, especially in a pandemic, another layer of guilt because I work, my, I don't work. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't work. But the women in my family all work in the health, in healthcare. So there's a lot of that kind of, hang on a minute. What, you know, what did I do to necess- necessarily like deserve it all? Mm. Um, and obviously I've worked hard in in ways but it's just not comparable it's not the same type of sacrifice as doing something like midwifery or nursing it's just I kind of also I kind of hate when artists make work about class as well because I think if you're an artist I just don't think you can talk about class um that's quite a blanket statement but what I mean is I don't think you can hold on to being working class if you're an artist because yeah yeah, not in the same way. So not really working class, is it? It's not the same. So there's all those sort of conflicting things, and to be able to have it all, I think, is a very lucky and pretty middle class thing to be able to do is to have a baby and a career. And I think that, like, especially people that are our age and kind of like grew up through the channels we did like whether it was like tumblr to instagram whatever to whatever wanting to be creative i feel like we were always taught to like we were basically taught like hyper ambition at the cost of everything else so it's like you need to put your practice first and then like your friendships or your relationships or you know yeah your life goals outside of work they're always going to have to be on the back burner it's very like devil wears prada kind of attitude that like still I feel like it seeps into our conscious so much it's like well if I'm not working every other day like every minute of every day or thinking about work then I'm bad at what I'm doing Mm. when like that's obviously just such a false a falsity like whether it is through like motherhood or illness or like whatever else that living a full life does not mean only work and I feel like everyone expected us to 
be at this point in the pandemic and realize that but mm. I feel like so many people still don't it's like anyone who's saying actually the pandemic's been really good for me I'm like okay <laughs> 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 I know it's like watching Saturday Kitchen and all of the like celebrities are like I love it because I love like you know being in my North London house and like having this and having that and like, children <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous uh it's mad but it's a privilege to be able to have a baby that takes my mind off how awful everything is every day, you know? So I guess I'd still much rather be a mother who has no time to do a shit in peace. And I mean, like, I have no time to do a shit in peace. She comes in <laughs> and you can hear the plops. I can't hear the because she screams. So I don't lock the door and she comes in and she hears the plops. So she, like, pulls my legs apart to see what's going <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so you just really and she's got into pulling my pulling my boobs like as far as she can <laughs> so you don't have much um privacy uh, I think it's important to keep motherhood in in conversations especially in creative fields and especially because motherhood is something that's very hetero and conforming it's often kind of seen as um not really an issue because you kind of chose to do it so mm, Mm. that kind of thing but essentially you're up against a lot of barriers and a lot of um a lot of people not giving you access to things you had before and I think that's quite something that if we all join together a little bit more um if there wasn't such a divide between communities, especially in the creative industry, it wouldn't be so hard for everyone. It wouldn't be so hard for mothers. It wouldn't be so hard for gay people. It wouldn't be so hard for people who don't have any fucking money. It'd be so much more, there'd be so much more of a community. And that's kind of a reason why I hope things like social media just die because <laughs> it's just so focused on the self and these kind yeah. of fake communities and fake groups it's not really real and that's obviously impossible to do right now in a pandemic but just with little things like more community like more more children coming to private views maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even know like just yeah maybe more art made about it and I even think just like more conversation around it is definitely a good place to start especially art is like based on hierarchical right so it's like if you're invited to a private view that's because you're like a certain type of person who will look good like holding the champagne glass and pointing at the picture and it's like chic enough to instagram it and it's like that as as soon as we start breaking down like the hierarchy of the art world then it will be much easier to create like honest communities i suppose definitely and all the artists i'm mainly kind of inspired by aren't necessarily artists that work I love it's their life and their their barriers and pe- artists like Paul Arago and Lee Miller like they they were mothers and you read about them and you watch their biographies and stuff and you really see how much they had against them that kind of motivates me and keeps me going because if they could do that in a kind of a non-feminist society, and we're supposedly in one now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's many problems with it, but if they could do that then, 
then I shouldn't really have anything stop to stop me, really. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you, Thank you so much, Maisie. That was really great. And I think it's just good to think about like other ways of being and how maybe we just don't think about them, especially because we're in lockdown and stuff. We just don't think about it that much because we're only involved in our own lives. Yeah, totally. It's really important to think, well, my friend's a single mum and every time I think about her day compared to mine, I'm like, fuck I'm, that's just like the thought of it is making me tired <laughs> yeah so yeah thank you so much Maisie and obviously go and check out Maisie's gorgeous art um so that's the end of this episode but next episode we have a very exciting guest and a very exciting announcement Olivia do you want to take it away so we have a really good exciting obsessions episode with Balu Babalola and she recently published a book called Love in Colour. Sunday Times bestseller. Sunday Times bestseller. Um, Ione and I have both read it, love it. And yeah, her obsession is really obscure and really interesting. But also, not only do we have an Obsessions episode, we also have something tied in with the dollhouse, Ione. Yeah, so if you don't know, which you should know, the dollhouse is our members platform where basically our little online community safe space there's content there's a whatsapp group and there is members events which is where it ties into this podcast so next week i think on the 26th no not next week two weeks mm, whatever it's a social so construct on, a week the 20- tomorrow when this comes out. <laughs> on the 26th of january we have a book club about love and color we're going to chat about love and color we're also going to chat about the podcast episode so don't feel like you would have had to read the whole book or to have read the book to get involved that'll be for all of our dollhouse members and 
yeah, you should join the Dollhouse to come chat with us. It's going to be yeah. personally in my first book club, so we'll see how that goes. Olivia is a seasoned pro. Obviously, it's on <laughs> Zoom as well, so you, we're not making anyone leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's it for this episode. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Ione. Thanks again to Maisie. Yeah, thank you to Maisie. Thank you to you, the listeners, and thank you to Clarissa and Jacob and Gina and Gina and Carlin and Hattie and Charlotte and Camille. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.